Okay, so with everybody's permission, uh, we'll leave the dedications to, <laughs> to Rabbi Fari when he gets here, because there's a lot, and it takes five minutes. So yesterday, the class with Rabbi Mizrahi, we spoke about the idea of bitachon. He was discussing the letter Tet, and the letter Tet is Tov. It's good, that we should know that everything that Hashem gives us is good. But sometimes we, we have to be careful, because we, when, when, for example, my father would give us a blessing, he would bless us, you should have kol mish'alot libecha, you should have all the desires of your heart. But he always <laughs> added the word, letova, for the good. Because sometimes we don't know what's best for us. Only Hashem knows what's best for us. And we brought up the idea yesterday that, that, uh, that a person has to really have bitachon in Hashem. The rabbi mentioned, don't uh, put faith in the, the wealthy guy. Because really everything, the source of everything is Hashem. So the question came up last night, a couple of people texted me and asked me, but how do you balance bitachon and hishtadlut? How do you balance the trust and faith in Hashem with, with hishtadlut? So the, the way my rabbi re, uh, re explained it was basically it's an it's a inverse relationship. The more bitachon a person has, real bitachon, the more trust in Hashem, the less hishtadlut is needed. The more a person puts into his talut, his efforts in this world, his work, etc., the less the bitachon side will weigh in. And, you know, it's interesting that the, my rabbi always walked around with, uh, with, uh, with Shara bitachon from Chovot HaLevavot. And, but at the same time, he, we all worked. And, he, and if anyone didn't want to work, he would encourage you, say, no, you have to work because our nature is to work. And really the idea of Rambam, Rambam pushes that a person should work. Rambam is more on the side of the Hishtadlut. But you have most of the rabbis are more on the side that if you push yourself and you have total bitachon, then, uh, then uh, Hashem is going to take care of Hashem is going to take care of everything. Ah, so interesting. So you know, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story right there. So if you, I just want to connect it to the Perasha. So Rabbi Friend, no, it was a good one. So Rabbi Friend, he brings based on the we, we read in the pasuk we read this morning, and he did a beautiful, beautiful job reading. You should be uh, to read uh, always. It says that Hashem's going to take us mitachat sivlot mitzrayim from under the the sivlot under the burdens of Egypt. And he brings something from the Tiferet Shilomor, something beautiful. He says, what is this idea of Sivlot? Sivlot is obviously his burdens, but he says, Sivlot also relates to the word Savlanut, patience. That a person has to understand that even when he's under, he's under a burden, he has to have patience because he has to have faith that Hashem is doing it for a specific reason. We don't understand the certain times that Hashem does a certain thing. A person could go through a torturous ordeal and say, Hashem, why me? But a person has to understand, he says, that Hashem is always doing something for the person's best. And the example that they bring is, imagine a guy walks into a room, and he sees in the room, he sees my son, he takes a knife and he starts to cut a guy across his body. And you're going to say, what are you doing? You're going to run and you're going to save the guy because all of a sudden the blood starts to come out. And he's saying, what, what's this kid doing? But what's this kid doing? He's doing surgery to save the guy's life. So we don't understand sometimes what's going on because we're, 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 we're in the middle of the picture. And it's almost impossible to see something when you're in the middle of the picture if you want to see it from the outside. So I saw a story, you mentioned the real estate, it's interesting. The Briskarav, 
when, uh, when he got married, Rav Salavechik, when he got married, his wife was very, very wealthy. His father-in-law, he gave him a city block in, uh, in, in uh, Poland, in the capital of Poland, uh, so in, in Warsaw. Now, Warsaw was, you know, like one of the major cities in Europe at the time. And giving him a city block was almost like someone saying, I'm going to give you uh, Madison Avenue between 62nd and 63rd Street. That's how wealthy he was from it. Now, but he wanted to learn. And he started to deal with the, with the, with the, with the real estate, with the tenants, with the problems, with the, the plumbing. You know, the rabbis tell us, the more, uh, the more you have, the more worries you have. And he said, you know what, I can't do this. So he hired an agent. And the agent was supposed to be responsible for the property. And the agent was supposed to also try to sell the property for him if he got a good price. And he had power of attorney, etc. Then the war broke out, World War I. And when they got back after they ran away, came back, he saw that the agent sold the property, the agent died, and the money disappeared. So now he became very depressed because he went from being extremely wealthy in his mind to now having nothing. He didn't know what to do. And he said he was going to start studying studying Chovot HaLevavot She'ar HaBitachon. This book, Duties of the Heart and the, the Gate of Bitachon. And he said he read it again and again and again. And he went from being totally agitated and he thought, thinking that the property was the key to his life to realizing that once he learned Bitachon, he would be able to deal with anything that Hashem was always there to take care of him. I, I heard a story yesterday, again, related, related to a wedding. There was, uh, and I heard it from a Rabbi Yisrael Brog. He said that uh, this story happened with Rabbi Eliyashiv, that there was a man in Yerushalayim, he was a kolel guy, he was learning in Yerushalayim. And his daughter, the first daughter, was going to get married. And as is the custom... So the, you, you're marrying a boy, you want the, bo- the girl's marrying a boy, you want, the boy wants to be able to learn. So there always is the deal, who's going to support, how much you're going to give, how long you're going to support them. So this guy signed the contract with, with, his, uh, with his in-laws, his future in-laws, to pay $30,000 at the wedding. This was 20 some odd years ago. The guy's wife found out about it and she said, what are you, nuts? You learn in a kolel, you work sometimes part-time, we don't have a dollar. How could you sign a contract to pay $30,000? And she's yelling at him, screaming at him. He says, uh, you know, what am I going to do? And then what, she goes to, to Mrs. Elyashiv and she tells the problem to the Rebetzin. She says, well, go talk to my husband. So the lady comes to Rabbi Elyashiv and she says to him, listen, my so- husband signed this contract for $30,000 to marry off the daughter. So Rabbi Eliyashu says, well, do you have assets? Do you own your apartment? Do you own any real estate? Do you own any jewelry? Do you, what do you own? And she says to him, nothing. Zero. We own nothing. We live day to day in a rented apartment. We own nothing. So he says, send your husband. Let me talk to him. So the husband comes to him. And he says, I don't understand. How could you sign a contract to marry off your daughter for $30,000 when you don't have any money? And he says, listen, Hashem's going to give me the money. So what do you mean Hashem's going to give you the money? He says, listen, I have an obligation to marry off my children. It's a mitzvah from Hashem. I'm fulfilling the mitzvah of Hashem. Hashem wants me to fulfill the mitzvah of Hashem. And therefore, Hashem has to give me the money. He says, but you got to do hishtadlu. You can't just say Hashem's going to do it. He says, well, what do you suggest? He says, well, why don't you go collecting? Go around to people and go place to place and see if you can collect money. At least you cover the money. He says, Rabbi, 
I learned Torah in the Kolel. My first mitzvah from Hashem is to learn Torah. I'm going to worry about Torah. Let Hashem figure out how to get me the money. He says, but you got to have some hishtadlut. He tells him again, he says, I have a better idea. Let's give you some letters. I'll write you a letter. A few of the other gedolim will write you a letter that you're a Talmud Chacham, you learn, and you need money for the wedding. And then you'll go to just the different synagogues, and you'll speak to the people, and they'll give you the money. He goes, Rabbi, no way. I am not going collecting. Rabbi Yeshev says, but you have to have some hishtadlut. He says, well, what else could you do, Rabbi? He says, you know what? Go to the yeshiva. They have a list of all the people that they, give, that they collect money from all, all the time. Tell the, tell the Minahil that I sent you and ask him to give you a list of some of the names. You could write a letter to each of the people on the list and see who's going to help you. And Bezrat Hashem, this will be Hishtadlut. So he says, okay, I'll do that. That's, that's okay. I could write a letter. So he goes to the, 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 the yeshiva. He asks to speak to the Minahil. The Menahel says, uh, yeah, Rabbi Eliashiv says, of course, whatever you want. He takes his Rolodex and he starts, okay, uh, uh, Alan Abraham, he lives in, uh, in Teaneck, New Jersey. That's the first one. He gives him the list. He goes, the second, he goes, no, no, that's all I need. Just give me one. He goes, what? He goes, you're going to write a letter to one guy? He says, and the rabbi says, you know, okay, whatever you want. He gives him the name and he leaves. And the guy's thinking to himself, the Menahel, this guy sends us $10 a month. What does this guy think he's going to get from this guy? He sends us $10 a month. So he sends him a letter. Three weeks later, he gets a check in the mail for $30,000. The exact amount that he needed for the wedding. And the whole Yerushalayim was talking about it. The whole Rav Yashu's whole circle became a famous story. Now what happens is the Minahel, the guy is collecting money for the school... The next time he comes to America, he says, I don't understand. I get $10 a month from this guy. It must be an ATM machine and I'm only getting $10? I got to go see this guy. So he goes to the guy and he sees he lives in a small house, nothing. He says to the guy, listen, you only give us $10 a month, but you gave this guy $30,000. How come you don't give us more money? He goes, Rabbi, I can only afford to give you $10 a month. He goes, but what happened with $30,000? He says, Rabbi, let me tell you a story. He says, I'm married to my wife. We're married a long, long time. We couldn't have children. Finally, six years ago, Hashem blessed us with a baby girl. Unfortunately, six months ago, the girl got sick with, we don't want to say. And it was very bad. The doctor said there's no hope. And then we met a doctor who said there was an experimental thing that they could do. And she could go for treatments for three months. And it might work. So I went to the Hechal. I opened the Hechal. I prayed to Hashem. And I says, please, Hashem, if you do this for me, I'll do for you. And so we went through the treatments for three months. And we were waiting, we were waiting to, to find out after they did more tests to see what the story was. And that day I'm sitting in my house and I get the mail. And I open up one letter. And the letter is from this guy in Jerusalem who wants to make a wedding for his daughter, but he can't pay for the daughter. And Rav Eliashev said he should ask and someone will help him. And then I open the next letter and it's from the hospital and I have the test results from my daughter with a note from the doctor that in his opinion everything was successful and, and she's, uh, she's cancer free. And I said to myself, Hashem, you just saved me. And I promised I was going to do something. So I called up the bank and I asked how much money is in my savings account and they told me $30,000. And I went and I got a bank check for $30,000 and I sent it to this guy. And that was it. 
Hashem saved me, He saved my daughter, I was going to do something for someone else's daughter. Two crazy coincidence, 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 coincidence. This is the idea of someone who has, this guy really had total bitachon. He was saying, Hashem, you have to drive the car, I'm not going to be there. And for that, Hashem was there. We are very weak in bitachon. I work hours, hours, hours every day. We're weak in bitachon. But what we have to do is sometimes hear these stories. Because when you hear the stories, and I can tell you another dozen stories if you want to sit here for uh, whatever. You want one more? Sure. You want one more? I'll tell you one more. No, no, I got plenty. I got plenty. <laughs> so, so the rabbi who tells this story, after he tells the story, he tells you, I have to tell you what happened with my own daughter's wedding. He said that 10 years ago, his son got into a very, very famous yeshiva. And for whatever reason, his son was there for a month. He came home after a month to spend the weekend with them. And he said to him, he said that he's, in the conversation with his son, he says, who's the best student in the whole yeshiva? And his son told him, this kid's the best yeshiva student. And his wife said to him at the time, what do you care who's the best yeshiva student? He goes, I don't know. The question just came up in my mind. So when his son tells him who this person is, he says, could you find out if his father is Yitzchak? The son comes, calls him back the next day. Yeah, dad, his father's Yitzchak. He says, Yitzchak, that's the, I went to school with him. He was my friend when I was a kid in school. Fast forward three years, and they, the, the Shachan calls up for a, a shiduch for his daughter. Who is it? This boy. He tells the Shachan, that's it, it's done. Because what do you mean it's done? They have to meet, they have to get together. He goes, no. For whatever reason, three years ago I asked, this kid's name came up. This is a done deal, it's over. So now he's going to fly. They live in Ohio. They're going to have to fly to New York so that they can meet. And he's, then he calls up the, the kid's father and he says, you remember me from school? Yeah, we were buddies, we were buddies. Where are you going to be on Sunday? He goes, I'm going to Israel. He goes, don't go to Israel. I'm coming. My daughter's going out with your son. This is it. You need to be there. Because what are you, nuts? They didn't meet yet. How are you telling me this is it? He goes, I know for sure that this is it. And they come to New York, they go out Saturday night, and basically Sunday morning, it's sort of a done deal. And so they get together, a few weeks later, they keep going out the rest of the month, after the month, they get engaged. Now the two fathers get together, and the father of the boy says, listen, I need from you so that my son should be able to learn a hundred grand. And it has to be cash, and it can't be imuna checks or bitachon checks, it has to be. So Rabbi Brog says... Unfortunately, a few years before this happened, he had a lot of money in the bank. He was saving up for his kids' weddings and he lost three, four hundred thousand. Literally, he says it flushed down the toilet overnight. So, but he tells the guy, no problem, it's a deal. His wife tells him, what are you, a lunatic? You don't have the money. Where are you going to get the money? You're going to go collect the money? How are you going to get the money? You don't have the money. He says, don't worry, Hashem is going to get me the money. He says, what happens, in, in about 10 years ago, there was some crazy deal in Switzerland from an insurance company that wanted to insure kids. There's children, I looked it up, there were children's policies. You can insure a child up to the age of 25. If the kid lives past 25, the policy's over. But they pay if the kid passes away by 25. I don't know why anyone would get this insurance, but they did it then. They added a clause in Switzerland because no kids were getting married, that if your kid gets married by the time they're 25 as like a promotion, you'll also get the paid of the policy because none of the kids in Switzerland were getting married. 
What happened is every Jew in the religious world who could ran to Switzerland to buy the policy because they were going to get 40 grand when their kid gets married. So he sends the policy to the in-law and he says, listen, I can't give CBD before the wedding, but the 40,000, as soon as there's a wedding, the insurance company will pay the 40,000. He says, okay, fine, but where's the other 60 coming from? He goes, I don't know where you're going to get the 60. Six weeks to the wedding, his wife is killing him. You got to call people, you got to borrow the money, you got to do something. He says, don't worry. He says to his wife, you can't bother me, you can't mess up my bitachon. Don't put a clink into my feet. I trust Hashem's going to take care. Two weeks before the wedding, he still has no, no money. And she's killing him. They come back from a weekend trip. He opens up the mail. There's a check for 20 grand. He yells, 20 grand down! He keeps going through the mail. There's another check for 20 grand. And there's a third check for 20 grand. She tells him, who's the money from? He goes, what do I care? I have the money now. He calls the in-law. He says, I'm just sending you these checks endorsed to you. Finish. She says, but where'd you get the money? He goes, Hashem sent me the money. Now he looked at the check. He wants to see. He calls up a Lakewood company. He thinks that's the company sent him the check. They go, where's the check? Where's the bank? He tells them, they go, it's not us. There's eight companies in Lakewood. All have a similar name. He goes, you know what? I'm not going to even worry about it. I'm having the wedding. And they have the wedding in New York a week later. Everyone's happy. And now he's going to decide, now I have to find out where the money came from. So he starts to trace and he finds out which is the company. He finds the company. They have a beautiful office, beautiful building in Lakewood. He comes to the office. The secretary is a student. His, his, her husband was his student. He, they know her. She says, go in to talk to the boss. He goes into the boss. He goes, you know who I am? He goes, yeah, of course I know who you are. He goes, you sent me $60,000. He says, I didn't send you $60,000. No, no, you sent me $60,000. He goes, no. He goes, is this your bank? He goes, yeah, that's my bank. He goes, well, I got $60,000. He goes, what? I got three checks for $20,000. You mean two and a half weeks ago? Yeah, two and a half weeks ago. Oh, you, that was you? So what are you, what's going on here? He goes, well, I had an investment account from one of your students from years ago. And he left instructions, if it, if it makes money... I should send the money to the rabbi. And the day you were allowed to sell, it was he bought before the stock was allowed to be resold. The day it hit, boom. And I said, you know, I wrote the check for 20 grand. In the afternoon, it went up another 20 grand. So I wrote another check for 20 grand. And before I went home at four o'clock, it went up for another 20 grand. So I wrote another check for 20 grand and I sent it to his rabbi. And that's how he got the money. Just unbelievable. He said... You have to have faith that if you really have faith and trust in Hashem, He's going to take care of everything. You have to remember, He says, we were zochei in Egypt to get out of Egypt because we had sablanut, even though we were sovel, even though we were suffering. We had sablanut because we had faith and trust that in the end Hashem is going to take us out. All of us should have bitachon. Hashem should bless all of us and we should all be uh, zochei to, to receive whatever we should receive. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.